the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, 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 much more. What's on your financial mind is part of what we do on this show. We talk about investment opportunities, angles, how to invest, why you should invest, how you shouldn't invest. I've got an email that I'll talk a little bit about that a little later in the show. But first and foremost, let's take a quick look at the market numbers. Right now, we got the Dow up 110, NASDAQ up 25, S&P 500 up 11. We start the day in positive territory, and we'll take it. Markets are listed in Fed Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke saying accommodative monetary policy still needed to spur jobs. Bernanke is in a difficult situation. Because the Federal Reserve is most relying on Fed speeches as opposed to money to move markets right now. What he's ultimately trying to say is regardless of the state economy, they're going to be pretty slow to remove stimulus. As long as the economy continues to improve, they will encourage money to move into equity markets. They're pleased. So the long-term unemployment rate is what he's most discouraged about. The people have been unemployed a long time. Which is interesting to talk about. So first and foremost, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about optimism. It's something that drives the stock market. We're optimistic the Fed's not going to do anything. And then, you know, the long weekend, stock market was trading kind of sideways overseas, sideways in our expectations this morning. And then Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke says the labor market's improving, but long-term, he's keeping an eye on those long-term unemployment numbers. So he said enough for us to hear what we wanted to hear. The Wall Street Journal and other prominent financial sites have highlighted you know, his comments. There's a line of thought that the cautious aspect says, you know, quantitative easing could come again. Report this morning that a German business confidence measure improved. That's hardly worth a 100-point move on the upside on Wall Street. Markets upward move, very limited to essentially inconsequential data. A little bit of window dressing ahead of the end of the quarter. Window dressing meaning mutual funds want to say, oh yeah, I owned Apple. 
you know, Apple's a big winner this quarter, and they want their shareholders to see it's one of their top ten holdings. So we got a lot to think about these days. Um, you know, I'll talk about the bigger picture a little bit later in the show. One of the bullet shots in this morning, pending home sales, dipped slightly in February. According to the National Association of Realtors, they said pending sales fell to 96.5% last month from a 97% reading in January. Although it's still 9.2 percentage points above its year-ago levels, the spring home buying season looks pretty bright because of an elevated amount of contract offers so far this year. $2 million home in my neighborhood went. Took it about three weeks for it to go. If activity is sustained near present levels, existing home sales will see their best performance in five years. By region, home sales rose the most in the Midwest, up 6.5%, down 3% in the South, up 2.6% in the West. Actually, I'm sorry, they dropped in the West, in the Northeast. So it was basically a lot of strength, all the strength in the Midwest. A reading of a 100 is equal to the average level of the contract activity during 2001. So that reading came in at 96.5%. Big news this morning, AT&T says they're going to launch the Nokia Lumia 900. When are they going to do that? April 8th. So price of $100 with a two-year contract. It's going to be the first LTE-based handset for AT&T using Windows Phone operating system from Microsoft. Now we'll start seeing, you know, how much people care about Apple and Google's Android operating system. Because there is an attractively priced alternative. Pre-orders for the versions come in cyan or black begin on March 30th. A white version for the device goes on sale April 22. Lumia is the first major handset from Nokia under its partnership with Microsoft to build Windows Phone-based devices. This is something that could move could move Nokia shares. Elsewhere out there, shares of Lionsgate Entertainment rose 4%. Hunger Games had a pretty good weekend. I watched an Italian family eat a bowl of spaghetti and I called it the Hungry Hungry Games. It was despicable. <laughs> We're not counting that as a joke. I, I'm penalizing myself on that one. So the film The Hunger Games took in $155 million on its opening weekend, leading Karras and company to upgrade the stock to average. David Miller wrote, The stellar opening results force us into improvement for 2013 projections. We're pausing now in terms of a more enthusiastic ratings change due to valuation and, of course, related to that due to recent insider selling activity. So a bigger opening than expected means probably bigger sequels. Yahoo has appointed three new board members ahead of a proxy fight with major shareholder Third Point. The hedge fund has nominated four for board membership, but Yahoo only has agreed on one of those nominees. Turnaround specialist named Harry Wilson. Big biotech firm Illumina in the news today. Switzerland's Roche is extending its $5.7 billion cash bid for a second time. 
analysts do expect Roche will eventually raise the per share offer. So a lot of people are thinking it's going to get a higher bid. Amgen in the news today. Their shares may benefit from news that monthly injections of an experimental Amgen drug cut cholesterol levels by up two-thirds in a clinical trial. I can make it a strong competitor for a new drug under development by Regeneron Pharmaceutical. So Amgen in the news. Um, biotechs tend to do, profitable biotechs tend to do really well over time. Not necessarily instant gratification, but over time. Other big news out there, HP, company's board authorized a 10% increase in its quarterly dividend. That will not go into effect until after the previously announced dividend payout due April 4th. But they're trying to drum up support, trying to drum up some share price support. CalMaine is in the news today. CalMaine makes eggs. It's one of the few companies set to report this morning. Apollo Group is going to report tonight after the bell. And uh, Armstrong World Industries, big mover today. They declared a special dividend of $8.55 per share. That's really the big stuff that we're dealing with. You know, if you take a look at the indices, you see an up day across the board. So a lot of the usual names are having support. Tech has had a very good quarter. If window dressing holds true to form, then you'll see some uh, uh, fund managers add to their tech positions as well as their financial positions because they don't want to look like they were in the wrong areas. Hey, everybody, you can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Do have a seminar coming up in a couple Thursdays from now, three Thursdays from now, in Palo Alto at the Dinah's Garden Hotel Inn, Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning. It's a Thursday night event. You can find out more at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. We'll take a break here. We'll come back, take a look at home prices, as well as other issues of the day, things to watch this week. It's Rob Black and your money on AM 1220, KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial. Taking a quick look at the market numbers. We have a positive day today. Dow's up 137. The NASDAQ's up 34. The S&P 500 up 14. 10-year treasury sits at 2.25%. Hunger Games sets Lionsgate sales record 155 million. Lionsgate publicly traded. Mad Men last night. Can't believe Peg died. No, no, of course, Peggy didn't die. Uh, interesting. Interesting show. It started with, you know, what you don't see a lot of in Mad Men is people of color. And then it went on to really show you women in the workplace and what civil rights did for America. It didn't do it as heavily handed as you would imagine. Uh, but it was chaotic, to say the least. Um... So Microsoft had an executive fired. He was known as Mr. Fun because of problems with purchase orders related to a three-story party palace he created at Sundance Film Festival and because he flew first class without authorization. 
a PR agency that represented Hadley and the party did not immediately return requests. But Eric Hadley was the general manager for marketing communications on the Bing search engine. So through a pretty crazy party at Sundance, um, a one million plus fee. So I don't know. When you start seeing stories like that, you get that Wall Street does have some stories that are worth telling. Some, you know, there's some excitement, there's some sex appeal in a lot of this. Um, James Cameron, he dove to the Earth's deepest point in a special submarine. He's the first man to travel there alone. I don't think that story has too much for me. A little bit. Speaking of nerds, let's do a little nerdy talk here. Economists broadly concur that inflation is a monetary phenomenon over the long run. Stop and think of that for just a second. Economists broadly concur that inflation is a monetary phenomenon over the long run. Still, there's a lot of considerable debate as to whether the recent expansion of the Fed's balance sheet, along with a commitment jump in reserve balances, could fuel inflation over time. So we're all worried about inflation over time. Standard textbook exposition typically links monetary base to broader aggregates of money via the, the money multiplier. You know, I don't think future inflation does respond to all measures that it should respond to, in theory. You know, the current environment of nearly zero funds rates, paying interest on reserves, increasing emphasis on capital adequacy, it's diminished or largely extinguished the role of the money multiplier. So sometimes theories just don't have validity. And that's okay. I know it gets a lot of people really caught up in tense and irritable moments because they want to be right. I get a ton. I'm telling you, I get a ton of email from people who expect the market to do one thing and adamantly, adamantly want to believe it. There's no flexibility. Flexibility is going to be something that helps you enormously. Um, with that said, let's, let's do a quick email because I think this is one that's worthy of throwing out there. This comes to me from Brian. Brian's actually located in New Jersey. He said, I'm considering placing, and you can email me, rob at robblack.com. That's rob at robblack.com. Um, I'm considering placing half of my emergency fund into a tax-exempt mutual fund. My wife and I live in New Jersey. I'm considering the Vanguard New Jersey tax-exempt fund. The fund carries a low expense ratio and yields a tax-free return of about 2.2%. We're currently in the 28% tax bracket. This fund has only had two down years of negative cumulative returns, 99 and 08. Would this be a crazy idea? Or would it be smarter to keep the emergency money inside a bank account, market account, yielding almost nothing? Okay, couple things here. He knows he's changing the rules. Emergency money is meant for emergencies. You're supposed to have two to six months emergency money put aside. So he's comfortable putting half of his emergency money in a non-emergency account 
my cash is two months. I've got cash of two months of my bank statements. Pretty consistently, you can go back and see that I don't double dip. I don't drain the fund. I usually keep it right around there. It's for true emergencies. Now, when you start moving it to a municipal bond fund, you do take on extra risk. First and foremost, analyzing bonds is not the easiest thing in the world. Second, it's not cash. Is he right that it will give him a better return? Absolutely. Is he right historically that it's, it's done pretty good? There's been a couple down years, and that's it? Absolutely. But he knows he's taking a risk, and he knows that he's starting to change the rules. I have a problem with changing the rules. Okay, because like, let's say he's doing this with emergency money. Eh, I'm going to put half of it in into municipal bonds. That's fine. Maybe he had too much money in municipal bonds or too much money already in cash. Maybe he had six months instead of two months. He's getting itchy to get better returns for some reason. My cash doesn't get great returns, and I'm, I'm okay with that. But what if he starts changing other things? Like, okay, this year I'm not going to put money in the 401k because I see it as an up year, and I want to invest in down years. You know, I don't... It, that's the loosey-goosey stuff that gets people into enormous amounts of trouble. So I say don't do it, but you're a big boy. You know the risks. You're very eloquent in your email. You seem to have a grasp of, of this pretty well. So I'm going to leave it up to you. Um, totally up to you. Got an email from Alex. Alex says, been listening to your show and watching you on Crown for years. Love your financial advice. I've learned a ton. You're, you're awesome. <laughs> I love when grown men call me awesome. He said, I'm writing for your accountant tax preparation recommendation. I live in the East Bay, Dublin, and work in Oakland. Been using TurboTax for eight years, but would like to get a professional advice help for my 2011 taxes. Keep in mind, if you're a W-2 employee, you're probably okay with a TurboTax type of scenario. When you start doing contract work, Schedule C type of work, that's what it really pays to get an accountant. If you've got two incomes, if you've got rental properties, if you've got real estate out of state, business out of state, then you absolutely positively need a CPA. You can email me, rob at robblack.com, if you need a referral to a CPA. It's rob at robblack.com. Let's take a little bit of a break here, come back, take a look at the market, see how we're doing for the day. We're still in an up mode. Dow's up 137. The Nasdaq's up 33. The SP 500 up 14. You're listening to AM 1220, KDOW. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money invested in much, 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 much more. Uh, we can talk about anything that you want to talk about. Twitter. Rob Black Show. If you have any comments you want to send me via Twitter, Rob Black Show. Let's go to our one, the only CFP, Chad Burton. We do have a positive morning. Dow's up 133. The Nasdaq's up 32. The SP 500 up 13. How do you feel about such a strong quarter, Chad? Financials up 20% this quarter. Uh, well, I mean, you're going to get a little window dressing at the end of the quarter. So, um, I'm, you know, anticipating the, and eagerly awaiting the earnings reports and, and really more on, you know, what companies are going to guide going forward. You know, we know that earnings are decelerating. That I means they're not accelerating as fast as they were the last four quarters. So we just want to see how much and how much the uh, European recession is going to affect the companies here. Expectations are for first quarter earnings to be flat or up just a few percentage points. If you strip out Apple, it's even a little bit more anemic. This is going to represent a significant slowdown from the 14% growth for all of 2011 and 9% growth that we just came out for the fourth quarter of 2011. So there's what we refer to as headwinds, and the headwinds are blowing a little bit, Mr. Burton. Really there, and it's going to become more of a stock-picking market because of the deceleration in earnings and also because profit margins are at all-time highs. And, I mean, historically all-time highs, and... Whatever can squeeze profit margins, for example, commodity costs, people demanding higher wages, that will start to also become a headwind on earnings. So it's, it's not going to be just a throw a dart at an index and like it has been in the last two years and hope they go up. I think you're going to have to be a little bit more careful. Supreme Court today is going to ponder the Obama health care law. It's going to last about three days. People aren't really expecting fireworks, but uh, it's worthy of note out there. Other topics to talk to Mr. Burton about, uh, trust mills, or you know, warning people about what a trust mill is. What is a trust mill? Well, trusts are very important to have living trust. Um, I mean, if you have property and you know assets outside of retirement plans, especially in kids in California, California is a very expensive state to probate in. Um, what the attorneys make on probate is, based on your gross estate, so it doesn't even matter about your mortgage. And so, I mean, even small estates attorney can will, will make $17,000, for example, on probating the state. Um, so trusts help avoid probate and the cost of probate. What a trust mill is is when people go to a seminar and they end up with, at the end of this seminar, a living trust that they've signed at the event, and they think they have their estate plan done, and really all it is is somebody, just like any other seminar where you pay to get into and and think you're going to come away with something being completed rather than a second opinion, um, they, they come away with a piece of paper that they signed that essentially is worthless. Because what a trust is supposed to do is handle your affairs if you're incapacitated. It's supposed to handle the assets for your children if you're not around. It's supposed to avoid probate. And it needs to match the titling on your accounts, the beneficiaries on your uh, retirement plan. So you can't go to a trust mill event or or a seminar and end up with a trust without a personal relationship with an attorney. I mean, it's going to take two, three meetings minimum to get a trust properly completed. With that being said, you're telling me that the trust is worth absolutely positively nothing and people think they legally have a document that has worth? Yeah, I mean, to give you an example, I just went through a financial plan of a 
49 and 59 year old couple. So you know, had a 10 year age difference. Um, the guy was 59, the, the lady was 49, and. I'm going through all their plan and their assets, and I'm looking at their, the titling of their accounts, assuming they didn't have a trust. So when I started talking to them about a trust, they said, oh, yeah, well, we got a living trust done in 2007. But yet the titling on their taxable accounts didn't match the trust. So when you when you do a living trust, you have to change your taxable accounts so that they're held in the trust. It doesn't change the Social Security number. It just gets titled to the trust. So the brokerage firms knows that, okay, if somebody dies, we're going to be contacted by a trustee with directions. And also, in your retirement accounts, you have to change the beneficiaries. Typically, you still leave your spouse as the primary beneficiary, but if you have young children, you might name the trustee of the trust for the kids when they pass. And so in this case, they had a trust from five years ago. They didn't change their accounts. They also um, didn't change the titling of their home. The home has to be in a living trust as well. And... Also, the biggest part about this, Rob, is, you know, I mean, you get these large spreads in, spreads in age, right, from, from marriage, especially on second marriages. Right. Sometimes you get a big difference. Well, you know, the guy's well aware that if he kicks off early, probably his wife, who they just had a baby with two years ago, at a very old age, having kids, um, she'll probably remarry. Well, both of them have separate property that they had prior to marriage, and he had also just inherited $300,000 from a, a, a dad that just passed away. And he was very adamant saying that if I die, I want that money held in trust for my children and then potentially his grandchildren. He didn't want it to go to her and then go to some second marriage kind of a messed up situation. So they have what's, they have community property, which is their home, and then they have separate property, which is their the, the assets that they can control at their death without having to go into the community property with in divorce situations or things like that. So their trust basically had this document that signed everything over to community property, which is not what they wanted. They wanted separate property and community property, and that has to be spelled out in your trust. The, the accounts that are in the trust have to have the correct titling under the living trust and designated as separate property or community property, and that has to be scheduled in the trust to do that. So you can't get that type of stuff done at a seminar. You can learn about trust potentially at a seminar, but you can't sit there and sign a trust and expect your estate plan to be done. So, um, luckily, a lot of states have cracked down on these trust notes, but they still pop up every once in a while, and it blows me away. How do you avoid what you just said? Is you can have a positive seminar with learning about trust, but you can also have a bad one. Uh, is there any tricks, tips, hints, or advice that you give about spotting a bad seminar before you go to a seminar? Yeah, I think if you feel pressure to sign something at an event, you know you're in a trust null type of a situation. Or if you don't ever end up meeting with the actual attorney and you don't really go through your wishes and desires of what you want to have happen, and you have to think big because you might not think you have much of an estate because you have a large mortgage, but your estate has to do with your life insurance, your retirement plans at work, the value of your house, and all of those different assets that can that can end up being large, especially in terms of life insurance. So if the attorney doesn't carefully sit down and say, okay, let's say you have two or three kids, maybe two of them are good with money, one of them isn't, so how do you protect that one that isn't? Maybe one of them might end up in a divorce situation in a couple of years. So going through those personal questions and making sure you know exactly what you want to have happen if you pass away or become incapacitated, that's, you know, that's basically a personal relationship when if, if you don't feel like that that you're going to get that or you feel pressured to sign you're you're in a trust no type of situation and also 
lot of attorneys give the option of letting you retitle your house to the trust. I always suggest it's worth the money to have the attorney do it. Just just have the attorney do it, get it done, because it's kind of a pain in the butt to you know, deal with the title company to do that. So go for the full service type of a situation. Okay, so you have a seminar coming up. Um, is it going to be about trusts? Uh, we, we do talk about trusts. We do give um, information on, on why you need it and what they cost, what probate doesn't, what versus you know, trusts. We have Michelle Lerman talk at that. But in no way, shape, or form do we talk about signing or creating a trust or some sort of an event like that. We talk more about what you need to think about and what you need to do before you come in to, to do a living trust and do your estate plan. How, you know, I mean, because you can have control after you die. You can haunt your family after you die by controlling where the money goes and how it goes to various people. And I think a lot of people these days, you know, one of the things they need help with is who's going to control the money after they pass away if their kids don't. Things like naming professional trustees um, and keeping those assets in a form where if your kids are sued or they go through a divorce, it's protected. Thanks very much. People can learn more about Chad at chadburton.com or newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. We do have that event coming up a few Thursdays from now. Not immediately, but starting to get sooner rather than later. People could sign up at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. It's Dinah's Garden Hotel in Palo Alto. Great location for an event. Um, super easy parking, super easy to get to. And for me, that's one of the things that I dig the most about doing the events. Um, Bernanke's saying, you know, accommodative policy still out there. Big story still today. Accommodative policy still out there. So we feel like the Fed is going to keep low costs. Low cost of money. Now, how much of this is just verbal jawboning versus put it as money where his mouth is? It'll be fun to watch. Broadcom's leadership in the market for Wi-Fi chips is under a little threat. Qualcomm's using technology from last year's acquisition of a Theros communication, trying to compete a, uh, make a competing product. So I own shares of Qualcomm. They're dueling with Broadcom to get a head start in making chips for a new type of Wi-Fi, which enables data downloads at three times the speed of existing standards. Atheros purchased for $3.1 billion last year. It gives Qualcomm an advantage as it steps up its attack on that $2.8 billion market for Wi-Fi chips. So a lot of legal issues. I saw that Facebook recently tried to patent the word book <laughs> as if they invented the book. That's awesome, isn't it? Oh, let's take a little bit of a break here. When we come back, take a look at the top headline stories of the day. Take a look at what's breaking, what's not. Maybe another email or two. You can always email me, rob at robblack.com. You listen to AM 1220, KDOW. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial money, investing, and much, 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 much more. Anything that's on your financial mind we could talk about, and we typically do on a 
relative basis. Take a look at the market numbers. We have an up day. We're having an up month. We're having an up year. We're having an up quarter. What else can I say? Dow's up 134. The Nasdaq's up 34. The S&P 500 up 13. Dow's up triple digits on Ben Bernanke's words. To me, there should be a little bit more, and there's not. So, you know, what do we got? A couple more days, four more days till the end of the quarter. It's known as a window dressing period of time. J.M. Smuckers is in the news today. A jam so good. Got a name at Smuckers. Well, with a name like Smuckers, it has to be good. What was their phrase? It was something like that, right? They paid $35 million for a minority interest in Guillaume Simile Biologic Technology Development Company, which is a privately owned maker and seller of oats products in the Guyong province of the Guangxi of China. Trust me, I, I'm close to making that up, but it's not really. It's their first step as they're trying to develop a presence into China over time. Lionsgate up big today on the news of how successful Hunger Games was. Abu Dhabi-based development companies said so they've agreed to put $2 billion into a fund controlled by Ike Batista, a Brazilian who ranked number eight on the world list of billionaires by Forbes. Doing some offshore oil drilling companies. Canada's Valiant Pharmaceuticals said early today that it plans to buy a Russian over-the-counter drug maker called Nature Product for $180 million. Leg Mason up today. Basically, they're one of the top financial movers in a sector that's up 22% for the year. You can follow the financial sector through a spider called XLF. It tracks the financial stocks of the S&P 500. Bank of America is up 79% since the start of the year. J.P. Morgan up 37%. American Express up 22%. Interesting note, Travelers is down 1.1% for the year. Last year, the banks started getting through their stress test results and... A lot of people sold them in the end of the year. You've been a loser for me, so I'm going to take a loss. Write it off against some of my gains. You get the idea. It did create a scenario where it is now. A little bit more open for a run. You know, an American soldier, it appears, killed 16 villagers in a southern Afghanistan town. It's interesting to note how much our government's paying the families of anyone who was shot, killed. A lot of U.S. officers right now have sought to forestall revenge attacks on their forces by offering apologies and compensation. What do you think the average compensation is in this type of scenario? It's not a goat. $50,000. For each person killed, $10,000 for each person wounded. Compensations on behalf of America's government 
It was meant to ease the anger of the victims and encourage them not to take any violent actions. So restitution payments and formal apologies by Americans may ease the pressure. Not totally sure that it takes it all away. But $50,000 for a human being. You kill my brother, I get $50,000. Something seems wrong about that number to me. Again, I know in that part of the world, it's a lot of money. Something just feels wrong to me about that kind of, it seems a little low. If it is what it is, and we're calling it what it, we're calling it, blood money, it feels a little bit low. So stocks rose today, rebounding from last week's losses. Investors are speculating the European Union is going to increase the size of its bailout fund. Plus, investors are speculating about Ben Bernanke and his um, willing to accommodate if need to policy. Chancellor Angela Merkel said Germany may back plans for the temporary and permanent euro area rescue funds to run in parallel. Hedge funds are trailing the S&P 500 for the last five months. They're giving up on bearish bets, and they're buying stocks at the fastest rate in two years. So hedge funds who thought we were going to dip now are starting to go more bullish. They control a lot of money. S&P 500 is up 12% for this year. They can't afford to be wrong on the market because they get fired fast. So far since we hit our bottom... In the last bear market, we're up 109%. So, yeah, we're due for some correction. Do you bet on it? I don't. I understand that could always happen. The economy is doing better. We're gaining some traction in jobs. Uh, the news out of Europe isn't news anymore. It's, you know, more, okay, yeah, we already knew that. Tim Cook, Apple CEO, stock I own, visiting China for the first time as CEO of Apple, something Steve Jobs surprisingly never did. So Cook said he had great meetings with Chinese officials. China is Apple's second largest market after the United States. His visit comes almost three months after crowds threw eggs in an Apple store in Beijing when it didn't open on the first day of sales for the iPhone 4S. Demand for the iPhone in China was staggering. And he said, you know, we didn't bet enough. You can follow me at Twitter, Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show. You can follow me on Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. You can follow me online at robblack.com. Of course, I'm here each and every day from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on AM 1220 KDOW. It's business radio. An hour after the show is over, there is a podcast available at kdow.biz. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. 
Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.